0: Friday, a the heck Friday? Friday's always been a lot of fun. Yep. It's, it's also all sad.
1: Yep. Yeah. Uh, it, it is sad. And I was talking to, to Miss Cousin Jared about this. Uh, tonight and i was like yeah tonight's or this week's the last week of of the full games the last week of talking about you know 60 however many games there might be this week she was like oh so it's over and i was like well no then we've got um you know conference championship weekend and then we've got you know however many bowl games there are now 30 something bowl games to talk about so this is the end of the large college football content i would say but there will still be content going forward with the games next week and then all um 30 something bowl games which i'm sure we will cover the majority of probably every single one
0: at, at but, somewhere. So somewhere yeah we'll, yes. we'll figure that out whether it's on extended kit or not uh because Jared, your recap of last week the last few weeks been going real well here we uh all plays 13 percent roi we're slowly working that uh back up eight grade sides though continue to chug along. 104 wins, 101 losses, more dogs than favorites, which is why the ROI is two percent of there. And then every total that we've given out that we have had an analysis on, whether it's on this show or over on TikTok slash Instagram for the total of the day. Eight percent ROI on the season. Last week we went a tidy little four and two. And we only went four and two. We should have went five and one. We had on show, we gave on Akron and Eastern Michigan under, and that game. Went under in regulation, then we got overtimed, which is going to happen, unfortunately. But yep. definitely another situation where we felt really good about the read, and then it just—you know—sometimes, you know, you got the right idea and the wrong thing yep. happens.
1: Yep, yep. And, and you know, you got to you got to remind yourself that sometimes you're on the right side and still lose. And yeah. that was yeah. one of those
0: where we were on the right side and still lost. And sometimes yeah, it, that's just how it goes. It's just the way it is. Uh, yeah. But a good college football season. Here for us so far excited uh, to get into the bowl season, which we destroyed last year, and I think the player based right. model is going to really help us out there as well. Being able to take out right. players who are shitting out, so we won't be quite as guessing on what the line should be. We'll have a we'll have a model that tells us what it is, mm-hmm. uh, which will be good. Uh, here's our slate of games that we're going to cover, cousin Jared. Four Friday games five Saturday games and viewer. If you're not with us over on YouTube, there is a play for Tuesday that I already sent out to the discord. I don't know if it'll make a total of the day Tuesday. We'll get to that when we get there. I don't know what college basketball happened. Maybe we'll do one of each. I don't know. I don't know what the number will be, but this is one where I told everyone on the discord. I said, run, don't walk. Cause there's a total. I love on Tuesday. There's an A grade play that you got to love for mm-hmm. Tuesday as well. And so if you're interested in that, the sign-up for Dub Club, that link is in the show description. If you're with us on YouTube, there's the QR code and a promo code you can use for $5 off your first month. Because Jared, between all the A-grade picks in college basketball, college football, and just all the NFL stuff, it seems like you know your subscription would pay for itself. Yep. And I appreciate those who are with us supporting me while I do this. Uh, too many hours of the week, much to Mrs. Professor's sh- <laughs> chagrin sh- at this point, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, we all appreciate the work that you put on this and on this for sure. Uh, we'll get started here Friday at noon, Ohio and Akron. I mean, Ohio has been just a phenomenal transformation from last year, turning into a defensive first team, despite uh, Rourke. You know, and how fantastic he was last year. Yep. The pace is really slowed down. They are taking everybody under, dragging those games down. Akron kind of already touched on it with them playing Eastern Michigan. A terrible offense, but a pretty solid defense. They have no interest in going fast. Ohio should be able to control the pace of this game. Akron will have no objections. The defenses are much better than the offenses. That's why the model projects 32.6. Under 41 is a play here. Cousin Jared, I feel like given the keenness of 41, this is one to lock in. Sooner rather than just a run, don't walk. Get it now. Yes,
1: I completely agree with that assessment. This is something you want to grab sooner rather than later. First of all, uh, an 11 a.m. central kick the day after Thanksgiving. Who wants to do anything? (laughs) The day after thanksgiving i mean let's be honest these guys are still going to be stuffed from whatever wonderful meal i'm sure is provided by the team um, the night before nobody wants to get up and do anything everybody's gonna be a little lackadaisical everybody's gonna have a little uh bit of an issue kind of getting the blood pumping first thing on on friday morning uh there but the reality is you mentioned kind of about ohio how they have become a defensive first team and just have managed to take every game into a low scoring affair this season and I don't think Akron is going to complain about that because Akron is one of the worst offensive teams in college football, and I don't expect that to turn around here in in the last week of the season. So this is one of those things where um, Ohio's strength is defense this season, Uh, you know, very different than what we thought it would be coming into the season, but definitely a defensive first team and Akron is a uh, non-offensive. Team. And so I feel like this is just a perfect way to cap off uh, the last full week of the regular season by going under a, a low number here. And, you know, there have been times where you get numbers like this where you're like, ah, 41, that, that's pretty low. Do we really want to go under that number? Um, in this instance, yes. These are two teams that will be more than happy to play a game that ends somewhere in the mid
0: 30s. Yeah, both Akron and Ohio individually have played. You know, 70, 80% or so of their games under. And the exceptions have been where they've just been so good. They've dominated. They've been so bad. They've been dominated or double overtime. And that doesn't really apply here. Uh, Ohio's the better team. Absolutely. And they should win this game. There's a reason why they're about a two touchdown favorite. Uh, But they're, you know, they, they shouldn't put up, you know, 50 points themselves, which is. I think that can't happen, of course, yeah. to Akron. But Ohio's not the team to do that right. because they have just become such a defensive first team, one of the top twenty-five defense. Yeah, uh, I mean, from the start of the season, we were confused, and then it just never went away. It just and yeah. yeah. stayed we, good.
1: We, yeah, we kind of kept waiting for the other shooter to drop, kept waiting, kept waiting, and it just
0: never happened. It just never happened. Uh, the weather in this one right now looks fine. Obviously, we are a long ways away from you know kickoff on this one so the weather could get worse and if so that only helps us right Uh, of course for right now though it does look like it'll be cold but that won't really have much of an effect tracking mid-30s no real threat of rain or wind so fine weather just two teams that are gonna go slow and like you said play more defense than offense
1: And, and i don't i can't remember if we talked about it specifically um here on on youtube uh but You'll notice we haven't taken any overs uh, the past few weeks here and it's exactly for that reason you mentioned the weather. The weather could make a game more low scoring. the weather's never going to make a game more high scoring. So uh, anytime you like an under, I'm usually fine with with grabbing it early in the week is you know if you don't have any key number considerations there, fine grabbing it early in the week. If you want to play any overs, I definitely recommend, especially this time of year, just wait and yeah. you know wait till you get you know at least 48 hours, maybe at least three days out of the, from the game and see what the weather. Um says because you'd hate to, you know, make an overplay right now and then some weather system come in and you're like, oh man, wish I hadn't made that play.
0: And I think a great example of that is Oregon State, Washington, which was setting up to oh. be a fun, yeah. high scoring game. And it was still a fun game, and it was kind of fitting for that, you know, for some of the rivalries of the Pacific Northwest, right? But yeah. it, it just wasn't the same sort of game that it could have been with Oregon State's, you know, offense being better than their defense, and Washington's, of course, offense being much better than their defense, but it turned into windy, and wet, and yeah. you saw it with back, I mean, there were, I think there were back-to-back plays, it wasn't that, it was like within three or four plays, and so it just turned yeah. into this messy game, and I sent that message out to the Discord Saturday morning, I said, here's your weather spots, people, and uh, there were only a couple that was one of them, and so, the, but you don't really have a great idea about that, and so it's a great reason right. why, otherwise, the over would have looked enticing in that game, but once you saw that weather, yeah. it yeah. was like, I don't know if it'll go over, I just, I can't play it, because it, right. it, it The weather is so nasty. Um, Also on Friday, speaking of unders, Iowa and Nebraska, there's a reason this total is set at 27 and a half, folks. We are are there. We have reached the pinnacle. Mm -hmm. There is nowhere else to go when you have a college football game that has a total of 27 and a half. I mean, this is it, right?
1: Yep, this is it. And uh, I think we're both here to tell you, go under. (laughs) I I I I don't think there's any way you can play the over in this game.
0: No. Uh, in fact, I've already personally taken the enter. It's it's mm-hmm. not, I mean, an official pick. We are too yeah. far away in the weather, but right now it does look like maybe we might have a little bit of wind. Way yeah. too far to really know. But if there is any wind in this, it's going to make it even funnier. And, and, and did you say 27 and a half? 27 and a half. Get the hook. Yeah, get the wind is, on on 27, well, which, which I well. guess 27 has to be a key number. There are no key numbers here well, because there's no, yeah. no one finishes here, but 27 would be a key number in well, theory right? based on what my, we know about how key numbers work. Well, my friend, it's already down to 27. So, really yeah, yeah, there you go. Well, if, benefit of being on Discord, we already told everyone there, yeah. we said, hey, you know, go ahead and get under three, seven and a half. I took it myself at that number. Um, but 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 total aside, because I think there's a little bit of value on that. And it's also kind of one of those once in a lifetime, you know, we're going to sit our grandkids in our lap and tell them about this moment, you know, yeah. um, lowest total in the history of college football, at least for now. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and you know, taking it under and, and seeing how it goes. But we're also going to tell you to take Iowa at minus one or two. A great pick. Because, Jared, um, I don't know. We said this last week. Like, Iowa does the dumbest things, and they win. And I don't know what else to say other than they've got nine wins this season. And I'm not sure how many of them. I mean, I think they kind of, like, dominated. Was it, like, Western Michigan or somebody? Yeah, yep, yep. That's a bad max school whatever. But, like, otherwise, they just... Do what they do, which is yeah. prevent teams from scoring, and they just score enough somehow with enough random. Like sometimes it's two goals, sometimes it's defensive touchdowns, sometimes it's safeties. I think they had a game where they had two safeties in it. Like you just mm-hmm. never. And, and honestly, had it had it not been for the whatever weirdness of the punt returning against Minnesota, you would have said punt returns, and they've had a yeah. couple of punt returns right for touchdowns, yeah. and that would have made them ten and one. And mm-hmm. it's not like they're good, but they just keep doing the same thing. Here's the thing, Nebraska's an inferior version of Iowa. Their offense isn't any better. Their defense isn't any better. I, again, I've said it before. I am positive. As a Baylor alum, someone who saw what Matt Rule did, I'm, I'm optimistic for their future, I, I, mm-hmm. absolutely. But they're, they're not a great team right now. They're, they're a home team, but it's really all they have going for them. And Iowa just seems just so frustratingly, stubbornly going to keep doing what they're doing, and it keeps working. So here we are. Iowa minus 102, yeah. just like last week. It's disrespectful. This number should be a lot higher. Yes, I, I agree
1: that this number should be a, a lot higher. It, especially, I want to focus in on the offensive side of the ball. And somehow, according <laughs> to sideline, Iowa has a better offense than Nebraska. I, I, I can't believe that those words are are leaving my mouth. Uh, but but Iowa has a better offense than Nebraska, according to sideline. And a big part of that, I think, is that Jeff Sims, still starting for Nebraska, Yep. And Deacon Hill, according to sideline, Deacon Hill for Iowa a better quarterback than mm-hmm. Jeff Sims. A, almost, a,
0: almost competent. I don't know what word to use there.
1: <laughs> well, well, okay. I know as soon as the words came out of my mouth, I wanted to change it. I wanted to change what I said. Mm-hmm. Um, Deacon Hill a less bad quarterback mm-hmm. than than Jeff Sims, a, and so I I think. Like, how many games in a season does Iowa legitimately have, you know, and we could say legitimately all we want, but how many times games in a season does Iowa not at a disadvantage at the quarterback position? No. It's not very many games. And I don't think that Iowa is at a disadvantage in the quarterback situation
0: or at the quarterback and, position in this game. And, and it honestly doesn't even matter. Chubb Purdy was the guy who played more or played against Wisconsin. Um, they've also, of course, had Sims playing a lot. And then they've had, uh, Harburg playing a lot, who I believe is still, uh, injured. Honestly, I don't know who they're going to go to, whether if Harburg comes back, if they're going to go to him, if they're going to go to Purdy or, or Sims, or not, they're all the same. They're all, yeah, yeah. and, and, and you've talked about, you have some coworkers who are yeah. Nebraska fans and, and, uh, you know, I think they were tired of Sims and they want to go to their guys, but the guys aren't better. I mean, they're all, right, right. they're all really bad. And right. so it's like, it doesn't even matter which one they're going to. Right. Um, we were talking about this before show, the model projected them for 17 points against Wisconsin. And so if, if you say, if you say, if you say Nebraska 126, that's, they're not that bad, right? Okay. The model thought they were bad last week, projected them for 17 points and they scored 17 points in regulation. And the fact that they didn't score in overtime actually makes it probably means they underperformed. Right. So it's, I mean, it's not like there's a lot. And and again, it's one realization. So I'm not saying that that proves the model, right. I'm just saying you, you don't really have evidence to prove it wrong. Right. Like they they, they've, they've struggled on offense. It doesn't matter which guy's quarterback and Wisconsin's defense, you know, not the Wisconsin defense of years past going up against this Iowa defense is not going to be fun for them. This sets up Mm -hmm. to be a 12 to 10 game where Nebraska scores the only touchdown and loses a one score game, because I swear we've seen this, yeah. play out so many times in the last yeah. several many years, this game. It always ends the same, yeah. it seems like. And, 100%. And, and I don't really see anything different from these teams to tell me why this year would be any different. So yeah. I'm going to record 12 10 Iowa. That's that's my prediction. I mean, maybe that's yeah. too high, to be honest. I don't know.
1: Yep. And if the, the first half total is 13, yeah. go under that.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. You know,
1: and, you know, you wouldn't have to try very hard to get me to go under 12.5.
0: I mean, that's obviously 10 and a half, I, I think. Mm-hmm. Is a. I don't think I could go under 10 because at some point, like a pick six or a pull return is still yeah. for you. But like yeah. 10 and a half, like probably I would still do it. I would like it. I wouldn't, you know, wouldn't go heavy on it. But yeah, first half under Matt Rule's been that kind of guy uh, for a long time now. Yeah. And with these two teams involved, I mean, this is, this is the pinnacle of unders, if, if that's yeah. your thing. Yeah under this one. But also, we, we like Iowa. 68% chase to win makes even money. Just a fantastic proposition. Uh, Friday afternoon, 4 p.m. Eastern, Air Force and Boise State. Uh, my, oh, my, oh, my, how the turntables have turned. Boise State yes. uh, still alive for the conference championship game after firing their coach. They bench their starting quarterback. Go Maddox, to, Maddox, I think. Maddox is the freshman. Yeah who comes in, gets hurt, is out for the season, go back to the starter. That was, I believe, Taylor Green, is it correct?
1: Taylor Green, yeah. Taylor
0: Green, Taylor Green. And interim coach, old quarterback, and Boise State is a win away from maybe making the conference championship. I'm not sure what sort of help they're going to need. The Mountain West is in a pickle with their conference uh, championship situation, I believe, as the Big 12 is, where there's just a lot of teams and who the heck yeah. knows how it's going to play out. Air Force has really struggled. We've talked about that. Uh, the quarterback issues with Larry are potentially playing hurt, then missing a game, not looking very good. That once dominant offense that really peaked in weeks, whatever it was, you know, four through seven or something, just completely falling by the wayside, losing at home to UNLV, a game where uh, we we had UNLV – Uh, on that one and and got the win there and a a fun back and forth game. You know, if you looked great and terrible and great again, now air force, you know, needing to win here to hang on to their spot in the conference championship game. And again, maybe need help. I don't know. Models. These two teams are spot on dead. Even you can make a case that voice is going up. Air force is going down. I don't think that's crazy, but the model had air force in the top 25 at their peak and now has them down to 46. So the model is adjusted to how poorly they've continued to play, but, uh, we faded Air Force last week mm-hmm. and got the winner. Now the model is telling us that the line movement is an overreaction and that Boise should not be favored by as much as they are. Minus or it should be plus 220 offers A grade value. Model says 42%. If we get a 42% winner, at plus 220, take that every day of the week. And then some, because of Jared, of all the A grade plays, I'm curious what you saw in this one. I know you're a Mountain West guru, so uh, enlighten Mm -hmm. us as to why this one's one of your favorites. Well, whoever wins this game,
1: uh, both of these teams are five and two in the Mountain West. Mm -hmm. Whoever wins this game is going to have to wait to see who wins the UNLV San Jose state game. Um, Because if UNLV wins beats San Jose state this week, the winner of this game will be in the conference championship game. Mm -hmm. If San Jose state wins There will be a three-way tie between UNLV, the winner of this game, and San Jose State. Uh, And two of those, got to figure out, tiebreakers there. Mm -hmm. Um, So anyway, whoever wins this game is going to be watching that other game closely Mm -hmm. on on Saturday. So the reason that I picked this game is um, Boise going to Boise. They looked great last week, so they are destined to not look great in this game. And I think on a week getting ready for the triple option, I think this is where they would uh, miss Andy Avalos, who was their head coach, but also a defensive guru. Previously, yeah, a defensive guru, was a uh, defense coordinator at Oregon, did good things there before he was the uh, head coach here at Boise State. I would actually say, hey, that might be a name you want to watch out for the USC uh, defense coordinator job. Um, So I think that uh, Boise State is going to miss them. Boise State, like we said, all season, as soon as they look good, they're going to turn around and look bad the next week. So this would kind of um, follow that pattern. But also historically, Air, Air Force has played really well against boise in, in the recent past i remember a, a game where they went into boise uh in the last year two years ago and i mean they just absolutely took it to boise they only scored like 28 points but it was one of those games where they scored 28 points but boise i think got like one stop mm-hmm. in that game and air force just eight
0: o'clock eight o'clock
1: eight o'clock and so i think it's kind, was, of, really- kind of
0: reminiscent of was wasn't air force that played washington state in that bowl game mm-hmm. and then you can see it leach was just disgusted because that's what air force did they got the ball like five times and score five touchdowns. And, and yep. that was like, that was it. Yep. <laughs> so, okay. yep. That was the, that was the entire
1: game. So I think air force is going to be able to keep the ball away from, from, from Boise here. And um, yeah, I, I just think Boise is, is due for a letdown because that's what they've done. They have played well, let down, played well, let down, seemingly every, alternating every other week um, this season. And I mean, 100% air force has not been playing well, but with a uh, chance to play in the conference championship game, on the line in this one. I, I think I think regardless, I think the game's going to be close. So plus 220, I, I think it's just two steep of odds for a game that's going to be close and has so much on the line.
0: And, you know, a couple things to, to, to follow up on there. Number one, you said Boise's been doing this all season. They've been doing it for the better part Year. of yeah. a, a decade now. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's just been no consistency to this team. Uh, you can't figure them out. And so you just kind of just zig and zag with them. And, and that works pretty well if you mm-hmm. just do that. Uh, but the follow-up point to that is Air Force potentially figured it out a little bit last week, even though they lost. I mean, I, I think that it's very, I think it's possible that that to UNLV is being viewed as Air Force is still really struggling, but what if UNLV is just a solid team? I mean, the model has yeah. really come around on them and we weren't very high on UNLV early on. We basically no, just, no. Ain't, ain't, we said they ain't played nobody, right? Yeah. And, and prove it to us. And then sure enough, they had, and that's what we always talk about, right? It, to be a successful sports better. Number one, math. That's just the number one thing. It, mm-hmm. is you got to be able to do the math or find something who's the math because it's a math problem. And if you're not finding the right prices and the right value, it's just not going to work for you period uh but but number two is you need to be able to adjust your opinion not stay on the same opinion and that's why we have the model because the model helps us do that helps us overcome our biases where we try to get stuck in our ways and we weren't high on UNLV and the model was high on them and now that is okay well now we can you know we can change our opinion we don't have to stick with the same opinion every single week as we learn new data and UNLV continues to look really good so i'm wondering if yeah air force at home still you'd pull it up but it was a close game and maybe that's just you and Ovi just having a magical season, well coached, yeah. and maybe that's not as bad of a thing on Air Force as possible. I'm like, hey, this should be a close contest. You know, you can take points if you want. We always talk about, you know, do whatever works for you. But plus two twenty, uh, just way too good to pass up. Uh, Friday night, I I don't know off the top of my head. I, I guess I could look here. Historically, here there, there have been very few Friday night games. It looks like there's only three Friday night games. So usually there's there's not a lot happening here. Um during the, the Friday night slate. And that makes it fun when you've got a big rivalry game like this. The yeah. other games at the time will be Texas Tech and Texas, which obviously a, a, a big rivalry game there. Uh, Penn State, Michigan State, which maybe you want to avert your eyes from. So maybe that game. Yeah. But Oregon State, Oregon, obviously a lot of fun here. Oregon trying to crack into the top four, seemingly the same top four that we've had for centuries
1: mm-hmm. and
0: Oregon trying to do their darnest. I think this is the closest any team has come to cracking the top four, uh, top five. If we go back enough years to throw Clemson in there, because Clemson right. was the other team that was able to do it. So your top five, have, your top four have not been accurate. Top three have not been occupied by anybody other than those five teams, Georgia, mm-hmm. Ohio state, Michigan, um, Clemson Alabama. and Alabama yeah. have been the only ones to occupy that spot for a long time. Oregon. They're not there yet. There's still a gap with them at number five, but they are maybe as close as anybody's reasonably come. Yes. And time, I love what they're doing. They're playing great football. That defense we talked about it all season. Look, like that defense rate number 13. It is a very underrated defense. It's part of the reason why we loved the USC UCLA unders. Cause we said, Hey, USC's playing better defenses like Oregon. And they slowed mm-hmm. them down. Yep. And sure enough, UCLA was able to slow them down. So this Oregon defense is legit. Offense, obviously legit. So many playmakers. Nobody would ever doubt that. Oregon State, though, surprising to most people. Offense number six. Don't let that game in the rain fool you. Yeah, right? It's still a very good offense. Uh, still a good defense, too. The model thinks that's the weakest part of this Oregon State team. But we saw it last year. You never know in this game exactly what's going to happen. Uh, Oregon State just... Was able to manhandle Oregon last year, and, and honestly, you have to imagine Day Landing, a defensive guy, use that game, use this game from a year ago all offseason to say, "Guys, we cannot let this happen." And kudos yeah. to him. I think he, I think if that was the game plan, he's done a great job. Obviously, what am I? I'm, I'm not breaking news. I right? think he's done a great job. <laughs> he's done a great job getting right. the defense into shape using this game from last year. Uh, Oregon takes still a really good team. I've got them number 13. They do have three losses, but I mean. Uh, the fact that they lost the game uh, that last week in those conditions and a close game that they had the ball at the end. Of, I mean, that's just – we thought it would be a good tight game. Yeah, And, and, and it was a game on the wrong side. Kind of think the same thing here. Oregon should be favored, but maybe not by 14. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of ways that Oregon State loses this game, and I do think it's much more likely they lose the win. There's a lot of ways they lose in plus 14 covers. Mm-hmm. Be a great pick for us, Kishin Jared. It's just a lot of points in a rivalry game where both teams are actually good.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely I think that highly qualifies that that both teams are actually good in in this game. Uh, so first of all, Oregon State, I completely agree with what you said. I, I am not holding that that close loss uh, to Washington against them in in any way, especially the uh, under the, the circumstances with the weather and everything. Oregon State has three losses and, this and, season.
0: And I just want to point out, to that too, have to, if that last drive goes differently, the whole narrative changes. And does that one drive really change how we should view the other 55 minutes of the game, right? The other mm-hmm. 55 minutes of the game was a good, tight game, which is what we expected, right? I mean,
1: yep. Yep. Com- yeah, no, completely, completely agree with that. Um, Oregon State has three losses this season by a combined eight points. Three <laughs> losses by a combined eight points i still think somehow this team is underrated and getting 14 points i understand that it's on the road but it's on the road in a rivalry game that you know is going to be close um the past four games uh between oregon and oregon state um the largest margin has been 14 points and so you know you would push in in that And, and some of
0: those were much weaker Oregon
1: State teams. Yes, that's that's exactly kind of where I was going with this. There have been multiple instances, like so you could even say like the past four years, Oregon State's been pretty well. Well, they would have covered or, or pushed in all of those games, and, but then going back, like how many times have we seen a? top 10 ranked Oregon team that should just absolutely put away an Oregon State team. And they kind of mess around and and can't do it and and barely win or get upset um, by Oregon State. It it seems to happen fairly often. And so I think this Oregon State team is underrated. I think 14 points is way too many. Even in the games that Oregon State has lost this year, they have been absolutely competitive. I think that is going to be the exact same uh, thing here. I think Eugene is an intimidating place to play, but if there's one team that's not going to be intimidated by that, I think it's going to be Oregon state. They they know how to do that. And again, have, have played fairly well there the past um, handful of years. So um, yeah, I, I love taking the 14 with Oregon state here. I, I think it's just way, way, way too many with, with both teams still ha- have something to play for and something to prove.
0: Yeah. And the, the last thing that I just want to say about this one, you know, we did predict uh, Oregon state on average, we said they would have by seven last week and, we just have to, of course, remember, like we we're talking about, the faith that we have in our process and why we believe we offer a valuable service here, is the confidence in the process and in the overall set of games, not in one individual game. But the fact that we said Oregon State by seven and they lost by what two? I believe yep. one two. Yep the the nine point error there is was actually smaller than the average error of any specific given week, right? Because we can't be, because again, we're talking about an average projection. We can't be perfect. So the fact that that missed by nine wasn't crazy. You know, if it missed by 40, maybe you say, you know, hey, something was off by that. Right. Or right. we say we have an extreme outlier, which is also possible. You never really know. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, that's one of the reasons we talk about the, the better grades being more valuable because we can miss by a little bit. We still have some cushion, Obviously, in this case, yes, we have Oregon by nine. If we miss this by nine, Oregon will be by 18, we lose the pick. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But the idea is that we can still miss by four, which would be a reasonable thing to happen at 13 and win the pick. And if we miss the other way, we've won the pick. So that's where we're talking about the probabilities and the confidence we have here. Any one individual game, anything can happen. Anybody can, not anybody. We knew that, you know, some of those SEC teams this last week, we knew they weren't going to lose. But then you had Mississippi State. <laughs> and, you start, start to question that, right? yes, <laughs> But some of the bigger, yes. the better teams, of course, we knew Alabama wasn't going to lose, right, et cetera. Yes, yes. Uh, we knew LSU didn't lose. So, um, but for the most part, you know, there is an error to each individual game. We've preached that if you have, if, you know, so we might be preaching the choir here, but I remember that's why we always talk about the confidence in the process, not any one individual game. Oregon might win this game by 21. They might win by 30. You know, you see some rivalries, that Washington, Washington State's a great example that for whatever reason, year after year, yeah. Washington's a yeah. better team. And it just seems like Washington just kicks the crap out of them. Yep. And even the upstart years, Washington State can't do it. But Oregon State can, in their down years, can hang around. And, and you know, Oregon State has been a team historically that even when they've been way worse. This, even when Oregon's been worse, the difference has been bigger on Oregon State side. As in, Oregon State's been worse than this by more than Oregon's been right, worse than this. Right. And Oregon State can still hang in those games. Now, does that matter? Again, who one game We don't know. Nobody knows. Anybody trying to sell you that is is crazy. Um, What we're saying here is 14 on average makes a good pick, and this is the process that is hopefully going to lead to another profitable uh, week of picks. Moving on to Saturday, 3 p.m. Eastern, the aforementioned UNLV running Rebels and their dream season continuing in a San Jose State State team that, because you and I have talked a lot about recently that we've been really high on, Lo and behold, look at those overall (laughs) ratings. 33 for San Jose State, 34 for UNLV. That is insane. I would have never thought it that high. You to adjust, 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 adjust in the model, continues to adjust, Mm-hmm. They've also had, for the most part, relatively good injury luck, and that's the other thing to keep in mind here: is that there are, there are probably a lot of teams that are below them who've lost starting quarterbacks for the yeah. year, have multiple guys out, or a team like Syracuse who the injuries just completely derailed their season
1: right. after
0: a whatever it was five and zero or five and one start or whatever. So, so <laughs> there's that. But I mean, you've got two teams that are well coached that are. We thought, at, you know, at the beginning said as State would be solid. Yep. We knew they had a guy in Cordero who's been around for about a hundred years, it seems. Yep. But I don't think anybody saw this. I mean, these are just just hats off to both these teams. Mm-hmm. UNLV at home should be favored, but I mean, this seems like a game that anything can happen, and it wouldn't surprise me. I'll mm-hmm. take the twenty uh, fifth year quarterback at yeah. plus one sixty, even though it's on the road. Don't know what's going to happen, so give me some plus one sixty,
1: right? Yeah, that that's kind of where my head at. Is at the other thing is is like I have to imagine that UNLV, the one team they did not want to see standing between them and a for sure shot in the conference championship game, is San Jose State. San Jose the other
0: State. team playing insanely
1: well right now. <laughs> yes, yes, that's just what I was about to say. Uh, San Jose State started out zero and two in conference and has won five straight games. Um, they have been playing unbelievable football at, as of recent. I mentioned it uh, when UNLV played Wyoming. I said, if UNLV does to Wyoming what they've done to every other Mountain West team this year, then I will say, hey, I I was wrong. Um, UNLV is a good team, and I will admit that UNLV is a very good team. San Jose State is hot, and I am getting a hot team at plus 160. I I I like my odds there. So if UNLV wins this game, I will not be surprised. But plus one sixty just feels too steep for a team that has been playing and has been on fire. I mean, look at that number thirty three overall. And, and I mean, you've got the offense is rated a little bit worse, but you've got Cordero at quarterback, which I think in a big game like that, make like this makes a little bit of difference. And then you've got a, a better defense than UNLV. So um, I think this is going to be a great game. Like this may be uh, this may be one of the games on
0: Saturday that I'm most looking forward to. Absolutely, I could not agree more. I think that there's some value in this pick. Potentially the books are shading this number a little bit towards UNLV, knowing that they might get a little bit of that local action. I'm not sure if that's quite the case like it was before, but I will say uh, we have seen this with the Golden Knights at times, and not that they have not been a great hockey team, but there's been times when there's been value picking your right spots against them For similar reasons, there's still that Las Vegas still is the eco center of this. And even if you're with the offshores, there's still, you know, it still all kind of affects each other in this, uh, from what I've seen. So Mm -hmm. there might be a little bit of value there. Might be a little bit of value in the records. People looking at the records, of course, UNLV played one tough non conference game and, and of course, got thumped by Michigan. There's no shame in that, Uh, Mm -hmm. you know, other than last week. That's what everybody's has happened to them, right. but uh, San Jose State, despite some of those losses, like you said, has been playing. Really, and both of these teams have, I think that's kind of the key point, both teams are playing incredibly well. If either one was on the road at the other one, I'd take plus 160 and say, great, mm-hmm. like, who the heck knows? Again, I, I think the ULB is more likely to win than not. But yeah. this is the thing we have preached over and over and over and over again, that 160 in a game that's this close to a coin toss, even if it's not a true one it's just too good to pass up. Uh, but I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for this game. Yep. And, uh, again, as always, if you want to take points, take points, but otherwise I think, uh, plus 160, uh, on a team with a proven quarterback like that, who won't be affected by going on the road, who's been battle tested playing the likes of, you know, USC and, uh, Oregon state and uh, someone else that was pretty good,
1: uh, mm-hmm. as,
0: as well. Um, Got a shot there, when that's really all we can ask for with those odds. Yep. Speaking of Michigan and Maryland, that was an incredible game. Of course, Maryland, I don't really think ever had a chance, but they kind of had a chance, if if that makes sense. You know, they uh, they could never really get into it at the end, and they never really had great field position. And the safety maybe could have helped them if they could have kicked it off and got a stopping at better field position, but then they they just gave good field position right back. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, you know but hats off to them for doing something that nobody else has done yep. this year to Michigan. because uh, the model does not take into consideration that Maryland might be very physically beat up mm. the toll of that, mm-hmm. but there might be even extra value in mm. this pick because that might be the case. Plus one Oh five mm. on Rutgers model thinks they should be favored uh, that this is being treated like a coin toss game, but Rutgers should actually be favored. Uh, what are your thoughts?
1: And, and if there's a team that is just going to say, hey, this team is a little beat up. Let's beat up on them more. It's going to be Rutgers. Uh, I feel like that kind of falls right into their, their wheelhouse. If you asked me to tell you what Maryland has done the second half of the season, probably the three games that would have come to my mind are Ohio State, where they lost by 20. But they were within the number on that yeah. for a vast period. Until the very end, they were within the number there. So I actually thought that they didn't play um, too, too poorly in that game. I remember the win at Nebraska because we sat here and said, hey, uh, they're a better team than Nebraska, and Maryland is a poor man's Iowa. They kind of just beat every team that they should and lose the games uh, that, that they uh, should lose. So I remember that. And then, of course, the game last week against Michigan, where uh, you know they played, played close and, and, and lost but easily covered that game. Um, but let's zoom out a little bit further and look at all of the other games in that same period. Um, they lost to a bad Illinois team. They, they lost uh, to Northwestern, which, you know, Northwestern is probably not as uh, clearly Northwestern is better than we thought they were going to be. But, but still, uh, I think a game that Maryland expects to win uh, got blown out by Penn State. And then we just talked about when we talked about the Iowa game, how, bre- how bad Nebraska has been. Um, Maryland only beat Nebraska by three points so for some reason the games that i would have just selected in my head were probably the best games that maryland has played the second half of the season and then you look at the others and it's like man this maryland team's still not very good and you know what i think last game of the season uh coming off that big game against michigan playing at ruckers uh a a ruckers team that is just very steady i i would say um I like Rutgers here at, at plus odds. A little bit surprised that I'm getting plus odds with Rutgers at home. If you'd have told me this was like a pick'em or, or something like that, I wouldn't have been surprised. Um, so plus 105 on Rutgers, sign me up. I know some places you can get like plus 110, which would be even even better. Um, so make sure you shop around uh, before you, you take Rutgers in this one. Um, but yeah, I like Rutgers at home against Maryland, who just has played okay at times, but I. For me personally, there's been a lot more bad that I just seemingly have forgotten.
0: And you know, both teams' six wins, both are obviously at this point ball eligible. So, I'm not saying that either team cares, obviously, they both yeah. are going to play hard. But you know, there's not that like added desperation of like, yeah. we're gonna bust out all our trick plays at this point. Maybe they do, I don't know. But yeah. both teams should be equally likely to do that as opposed to one team who's like, no, we don't need to bust that out. One team who who does? I think that you said it really well. Right? We've talked about that. There's a hierarchy in the Big Ten that you've got Penn State at the at the top of the. We crush the teams we should, but can't beat the teams that are better than us. Mm-hmm. Below that's Iowa. Crush the teams that are not crushed yeah. in, in 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 the Iowa way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> beat the teams worse than us, but can't beat the teams better than us. And then Maryland below that. And right. I think you see it in the ratings of them, where you know Penn State's like a top ten team, and then. Um, you know, I was like number 50 and then Maryland here at number 74. And I think that's the point is that Maryland is not really better. This record. So neither one of these teams is that great, they both had some good moments and they both had some questionable moments. Both teams are just not great. Mm-hmm. Uh, the big 10 is a conference, right? A lot of people talked about probably a little bit overrated. The two teams at the top are insanely good, but beyond that, what is there? And then and, and you'd make the same argument potentially about the SEC, right? Some of the teams at the top really good. Do they have quite the depth, you know? It's a little bit tougher to say, and this is part of that depth, right? When you talk about yeah. the, you know, Kentucky struggling, right, or Florida struggling now, you know, especially without Mertz now, or or South Carolina struggles sitting here with the big time. Maryland and Rutgers kind of show these some of these teams are just being you know, just very meh, you know, like yeah. eh, they're, they're not right. really that great, and um, that makes this where this seems at Maryland maybe a little bit different story, but at Rutgers, it's like why is Rutgers plus odds? Like this should yeah. be Rutgers like minus. 115 minus 120. And then I'm like, yeah, yeah. sure.
1: That's yeah.
0: pretty, pretty close. I think the model with with juice would have actually made it a little bit higher, but I'd say sure, whatever. Minus one. And this number mm-hmm. may get there. I don't you never know where the line's gonna go. But if it gets to minus 115, I'd say sure. Don't don't well, yeah. with that. You do value, but but plus odds, enough value to be worth your being on your ticket. Yeah. For Saturday. Uh because we, we talked a lot about the teams, some teams today who've really impressed uh, Arizona. I mean, again, we had them as an A-grade pick. Lovedy, love love loved them uh, last week, and they took care of business against a Utah team that was probably overrated. Now they get to play rival Arizona State. An Arizona State team who, again, I'm high on in the future. They've just had so many injuries. They've really struggled uh, offensively, but defensively they're pretty stout, relatively speaking at least. But Arizona, my goodness, I mean, mm-hmm. you just cannot talk enough about that defense, which, again, not what we would have expected coming into this season. nope.
1: nope.
0: Uh, pace-wise, kind of run-of-the-mill, average—not what we expected in the season. We expected them to be a run-and-gun. We expected them to be a poor man's USC. Yep. And instead, they've turned into like basically what last year's Oregon State was.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, yeah. which is just—I mean, again, just hats off to that coaching staff. If you're an Arizona fan, you have to be extremely pleased with that hire. And you got to start thinking about how many truckfuls of cash can you can you load in his backyard to keep yes. <laughs> to keep him yes. staying there. Yeah. Um you know, their favorite to win this game. Who knows how rival games go, if it's going to be close or a blowout. Uh, it's still like we talked about earlier, right? It's tough to say. It's why in that situation with Oregon State, we said, hey, they're good enough to take all those points. This one, Arizona State, it's a rival game that can hang around, but also with those injuries, Arizona could kick the crap out of them. Hard to say. Hard to say. And that's why we're talking about the total. So we're going to go under 51 Uh, because you're 51 and 52 each are the key numbers. At least you've got the push at one of the key numbers. But the model thinks that we should be more focused around the key numbers of 44, a little bit 45 and 48 are the key Mm -hmm. numbers. We should be more thinking about that the uh, defenses are going to rule the day here. The Arizona State's going to have a really hard time scoring that if Arizona State hangs in this game, it's going to be due to their defense and it's going to be a 17 to 10 type game. Uh, And if they don't, that it's not going to be 50 to 30, that it's going to be, you know, more like uh, 34 to 10, something like that uh, yep. under 51 here. Uh, the second total that we're going to give out show we'll give out more throughout the week, but here are the first two that we're locking in early on.
1: Yep. So according to sideline, Arizona state has played four teams this season that have an above average defense. So if you're looking at the, the ratings, there. Uh, Any defense that has a rating of 100 or below Uh, Arizona state's played four of those teams. And in those games, they have scored seven, three, seven, and 13 points. Yes. Yes. I do not believe Arizona state is uh, much for scoring very many points at all in this game, because that Arizona defense, like you said, maybe one of the biggest surprises for, for me in college football, this entire season is how this Arizona defense has played it's just been unbelievable so uh don't think Arizona is going to score very much or Arizona State's gonna score very much and Arizona they have they have scored um but generally when they've scored it's uh because they have had to or they have uh especially as of as of recent you mentioned their pace has gone down and everything um they have scored whenever they've had to have scored or the other team just kept turning turning the ball over and so that is possible you know Arizona could win this game something like 42 to 10 or something like that. Um, but I just think there's a lot of different ways this number goes under, especially when I think Arizona State may only score 10 points.
0: Or may not even score that many, right? This is yeah. one where a team total under might be a good way to look because yeah. uh, there, there are a lot of ways the game can go, and it's just hard to yeah. see many of them where Arizona State, you know, gets up to 17 or something like that. And yeah. and, and, and again, it could go – like I said, it could go – 42 to 10, or I mean, it could go 49 to three, right? Yeah. I mean, you never know in a rivalry exactly how it's going to play out. But right. if nothing else, this Arizona team, just been a lower scoring team and great defense And the model, the market, should be, I, I'm just not sure it's caught up with the fact that Arizona State's defense is decent. Their offense is terrible. Yeah.
1: And Arizona's
0: strength is their defense, which again, not what we would expect to coming into the season. But uh, here we are anyway. Hats off to them for a fantastic season. Uh, going to look forward to, hopefully backing him in whatever bowl, back when we can play more reasonable odds. We like yeah. to stick with our money lines there. They, we, we know the, the part of the pool we're playing in there with the uh, probabilities. Yeah. And uh, I, I have to assume we'll back him in bowl season because we're really high on this team. Yeah. Uh, but here the way we're looking to back them. I mean, if you're looking to back them specifically, is it Arizona State team total under, but we're going to play the full game under 51 to get a key number. Uh, team there? If he goes to 52, maybe even drop another half unit on it because now you've got it even under yeah. and even another even key number yeah. pushing them. Key number.
1: Yep.
0: Cousin Jared 7 p.m. Eastern. This Baylor season mercifully will begin to come to an end. The model has finally realized what we have said for most of the season now that this Baylor team is truly terrible. Mm. Their offense is bad, their defense is worse. Um I don't know what else to say about Baylor. Other than on Study Hall, and again, you can watch that if you're with us on Dub Club, where Cousin Jared and I will discuss every single college football game again this week. Sign up, link in the show description, $5 off your first month. I said, if you're going to play Baylor, you just got to take the money line. Hmm. If you're going to play TCU, maybe try to find an alternate spread, like a 17 or a 20 or something, because this (laughs) might get ugly. And Baylor hung around and kept it close for a while and then it still got ugly because the wheels, came, yeah, the wheels came off the wheels came off mm-hmm. just like it has all season we're going to back west virginia cousin jared steep odds on this one for sure we've taken a lot of dogs mm-hmm. uh minus 258 is the kind of safer route to go again we've talked about this uh on the college basketball show as well talked about it on this show there's a cutoff in the coding where if it is seven or more we'll lay the points otherwise we take money line we're right there uh Honestly, I wouldn't lay six and a half. I wouldn't lay seven. I do the exact same thing I said last week. I'd be looking for an alternate spread because I think West Virginia might win this game running away. I think Baylor, se- Baylor season's over. They know it's over. They want it to be over. Uh, I don't think they want to be there. Um, mm-hmm. They don't look like it. At least they haven't looked yeah. like it in quite a long time. There's nothing to play for. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it might get ugly. Yep. So if you're gonna if you're gonna, if you're gonna play this, I, I, I put a little the money on I guess the official pick, just because you know, I have rules that are coded in for our official stuff. So I'm not having to think through every single game, which is a lot to do, but also play a little bit of the line of six and a half or six or seven or whatever, but also maybe look at an alternate spread if you have that capability, because Mm -hmm. uh, I I just can't see this not being ugly. Baylor hasn't competed in uh, a, a long time against a team of any talent Yep. Uh, competed against Houston and lost in overtime. Houston is nowhere near as good as the West Virginia team. I know that, that that one game was close, but you've seen Houston and other games struggle, and this West Virginia team is decent, and mm-hmm. the decent teams have destroyed Baylor. I don't. I think West Virginia is about like TCU. They're both decent, and mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't see why this is on another 20-point shellacking, if, if not more, if my, if my theory is right that these Baylor kids are just done for the season.
1: Yep, yep. Um, so with West Virginia, we generally like to talk about how they play a lot better at home than they do on the road. But if you look at what they've done on the road this season, okay, they lost at Penn State, uh, which I can't remember if that's a neutral site game, but like, doesn't really matter. Uh, losing to Penn State, not not a big deal. Whatever. BTCU at home, uh, TCU is, is a, a better team at home. So a chalk one up in the, the win column for West Virginia there. They they lost by two to Houston, a game that they control th- until there was about four minutes left in that game. Uh, it felt like Houston didn't have a chance to win. And Then Houston hit the Hail Mary there at the end of the game. Um, they beat UCF on the road, and they lost to Oklahoma last week on the road. Um, so I would say that
0: they played Oklahoma pretty well. I believe they like didn't they like have a two point conversion to win the game? No, uh,
1: well, uh, two weeks ago, no, they got they got blown up. Um, but but wrong wrong
0: wrong Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: but but uh, but yes, they they uh, yeah. Anyway, so West Virginia has played fine on, on the road this season. Had some good wins, game they sh- they should have won, Then a couple of losses to some. Really good teams. Um, Baylor at home, woof. Um, winless
0: against real, against real teams.
1: Uh, yes, Baylor winless at home against real teams. And yeah, we're not West, counting Long Island. Yeah, and, and, and West Virginia is a, a real team. And so I, I just think that, to your point, uh, Baylor, season's over. Let's just count down the clock, keep an eye on it. Uh, ready for the season to be done. And West Virginia, somehow, if you would have told me before the season that West Virginia could potentially have eight wins on the season in this big 12, I would not have believed you, but, but here we are. Um, they could potentially finish as high as I, I don't think they will, but they could finish high as tied for second in, in, uh, the big 12. So yeah. it's just absolutely crazy. I, I'm impressed with what West Virginia has done this season, but, but again, West Virginia, real team, um, Baylor, not, not so much.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's really that simple. And, and yeah. this is definitely the week two you got to be looking through and seeing who's playing hard for their coach. Mm-hmm. The answer to that question, I think we probably won't know a lot of for a lot of teams. So a lot of it's you know baseless speculation. The right. one area that I feel a little better about, and this is not, again, as we always talk about, I wouldn't play something off of these spots, but it might take me off of a team. Mm-hmm. The one counter to that is the team who had higher expectations and there yeah. aren't many of them that have had, that have been like this, but you know what one was last week was USC last mm-hmm. game of the season mm-hmm. had higher expectations and you saw what yeah. happened there. Yeah. The Baylor's one that absolutely had expectations of at least six wins, if not seven or yeah. eight. And was that realistic? Yes. And no,
1: mm-hmm.
0: we knew that some big 12 teams would struggle. We knew sometimes we would beat each other up, that the schedule was too yeah. daunting, that we talked about the lack of depth in the sec and the big 10. And that's more about just your schedule. Look like, did you get the wrong, did you get the wrong schedule in the sec or the big 10? You're hosed. You just yeah. can't win enough. Yeah. Games. And you're yeah. going you get the right schedule it might bounce better for you. Right. In the big 12 this year, we kind of knew that wasn't going to be the case that there were going to be, that there were the middle was the strength
1: of right. the big
0: 12 and not the top. And so, yeah, we knew that it could be Baylor that, just couldn't quite win all those games, but they did not expect to get embarrassed. Yeah. The they did. I mean, this is one of the more disappointing teams this entire season. I I mean, how many others off the top of your head can you think of that's been as disappointing as a Baylor team?
1: Well, n- n- not USC. Y- yeah, m- maybe, but like I-, I feel like that's a different different level. Like USC yeah. was disappointing and still won eight games or something. Right.
0: Like they, that. Well, they had just the national championship playoffs. Yeah, course. yeah. But I would almost
1: say like the most damning thing about Baylor is even in the games they did win, they had to come from down a bajillion points to, to UCF. <laughs> Yeah. on the road like it, the, the odds of that happening again very slim and then they beat cincinnati by three points which
0: cincinnati one who's of still, the, who's the other the other really yes. bad team in the big ten big yes. 12. yes
1: yes exactly and so um even more than their losses i think just looking at their wins it's, it's there's no game you can point to and almost feel like you took anything
0: you, you positive told, from that game you told me the only one and they didn't really even deserve to be in that game that was just an ugly that one was almost like the Utah UCLA game, where it's like nothing was happening, and someone had to win. <laughs> you yeah,
1: know? well, and, and I I would say like at the time we thought that that was something, and, and, but now the more that we know about Utah, like I mean Utah's still a good team, mm-hmm. but just not the team that we probably thought they were at, at yeah. that time.
0: Yeah, just a, another situation here where the disappointingness of of this Baylor season finally coming to an end is a good thing. I just cannot. They might be the team that has had the largest fall from what we expected uh, to to where they are, Uh, which will wrap us up here Saturday night. I'm not really sure why this game is in primetime, but here we are Charlotte Mm -hmm. and South Florida, a coin toss game, according uh, to the model, two terrible teams, Charlotte, slightly better on the road, uh, Charlotte's offense against South Florida's defense is going to be miserable against like miserable. South Florida's got a little bit of a pulse on offense. Charlotte's got a little bit of a pulse on defense. Uh, Charlotte seems like a team that's still playing hard for their coach, and that matters. Mm-hmm. I don't know about South Florida as much, but I know that that there's a lot of talk about uh, Pogi there. Po- Pogi, yeah. Pogi, how you say it? they they like playing for him, and so that at least gives you confidence they're going to give it a give it a good effort here. Plus one ninety five, just way too good to pass up in what's a coin toss, or maybe close to a coin toss game. South Florida maybe should be favored, but not quite like they are because they're just not a good football team.
1: Yeah, yeah, I completely agree with that. And I I would say the Charlotte defense has acquitted itself as uh, very uh, respectable for AAC standards uh, so far this season. You see that uh, ranked the number 84 defense in the country. And that's really, I, I think, the biggest thing for me in this game because, um, South Florida's defense is so bad now Charlotte's offense is is bad too, but we're gonna find out it is bad offense stronger than bad defense in, in this one because I really don't like I just can't imagine with what I've seen from South Florida on defense this year that they're gonna get more than three or four stops. And I think that Charlotte can get like five stops. And I think that is going to be the, the difference in, in this game. I think Charlotte will be able to either get one more stop or force one more field goal than what South Florida will be able to do. And so, like, I would, I think this is going to be like a one score game. I don't know how, uh, you know, points tra- translate to the money lines or whatever. Uh, but plus 195 for me, that I think a game it's probably going to be decided by a field goal or, or four points, something like that. A really close one. Uh, plus 195 just does not seem. Uh, like it's right, especially against the South Florida team, that uh, I, I literally don't trust to stop
0: anybody at any yeah. time. Yeah. Uh, or, and I'm going to give you counter to that, what if it plays out the opposite direction where it, both of them struggle to score, a la what we saw two weeks ago against Temple, uh, mm-hmm. that that Temple's offense was so bad, even they couldn't score against South Florida, but Temple had a good enough defense to stop uh, South Florida enough, and, and that game went twenty seven twenty three, and I think we could be looking at we could be looking like you said at a yeah. you know 45-41 game or a 27-23 game I'm not really sure which way it goes but even in that one at home South Florida was only able to beat Temple by four right. and honestly i think charlotte's probably a little bit better than temple if not it's close and that mm-hmm. was a close game and so yeah if it's a tight game like that at the end give me plus 195 every day of the week or again if you want to take the points take the points uh rather than the odds again as you talk about balance out in the long run because you know if it's that sort of tight contest any one thing is going to change the outcome and whether it's a high scoring version or low scoring version uh the south florida team being favored by this much over anybody seems pretty absurd given mm-hmm. uh, in the last half of the season, they won two games by a combined seven points against Temple and Yukon. And that's not mm-hmm. exactly encouraging. Right. Uh, if, if, <laughs> if you know what I mean there, yeah. uh, Cousin Jared, that is our show. We have kept it just under an hour. Like the good old days, clocking in right at 50-some-odd minutes. Uh, parting words for the viewer. Join us this week.
1: Again, uh, I said it on the basketball show, uh, college basketball show. But n- never been a better week to be part of Dub Club. Lots of good content uh, for a week there where there will be plenty of sporting events. And uh, hopefully you get some some extra time off to, to either watch us here on YouTube, listen on whatever podcast platform you may, may enjoy listening. Uh, lots of good content. Good
0: week to consume it all. Absolutely. And again, there's that QR code and the link in the show description. Say $5 off your first month. Otherwise, this will be our last long episode of College of Bowl. We will be back next week. We will cover conference championship. I haven't figured out the exact specifics, but we will be back again in our same bat time, same bat channel, just different bat length. Uh, or maybe the same bat length because that'll be all the games. But we again, a little bit of a different, different situation going forward, but we will be still covering bowls uh, and conference championship. But uh, we'll not be able to quite pick through the games. <laughs> like we have now, it'll be a little bit of a different scenario. So uh, keep tuning into those NFL show as well as we uh, improve to nine zero this week in the NFL and uh, all the college basketball content as well. Lots of good stuff. Uh, lots of other places that we will see you around.